The benefits of being a morning person may make you reconsider staying up late. You know that saying that they say all the time, the early bird gets the worm? Apparently, it always stood true. And for me, the reason why I know it's true is because of the fact that when I do get up early in the morning and when I need to go to the store, I get up at six o'clock in the morning, go to the store, nobody there. You get what you need. Rather if you're doing a full blown shopping, rather if you're actually just picking up a couple things. You ain't got to be bothered by a bunch of people. There's only a few people there. Get in, you get your stuff, and you go. That has always been the motto with me, myself. So, I've always stood that to be true, especially for everybody that is a night owl. I've always been a night owl myself. I always like to go into the night and get things done. I mentioned it on my last podcast, you know, on the last episode. I enjoy being a night owl, but I have done experiences to where I've actually getting up in the morning to get my day started. I've done it. I've done it on both sides. And more of the morning side has been more beneficial to me than actually being a night owl. But, you know, whatever fits for people, fits for people. And I'm not trying to convince nobody to do anything that they don't want to do. But I just happened to find it, and I found it very interesting. Um, Hello, Giggles. Uh, I think it's Genesis Rivas. Put this article out a little over a week ago about the benefits of a morning person, you know, being reconsidered, you know, doing things rather than staying up late. So here's why they say that. So there are two types of people in the world. Uh, Some wake up hours before their days begin and have consistent morning routines like exercise, making breakfast, uh, journaling, or reading. And then there's others who have multiple alarms in the morning and still roll out of bed at the very last second before getting ready for the day. Now, believe it or not, I've been that guy. I've been that guy here lately. Uh, Most people in the latter group prefer to stay up at night to get stuff done. That's also me. However, now the companies are allowing employees to come back to the office and students are going back to school. Those night lights, late nights are, you know, no longer being an interest anymore. And I can understand that. It happens. Now, a lot of people don't really want to make that switch from working from home to go back to the office because of COVID. It's just not exactly 100% safe. So, I'm going to use Darren as an example. Uh, Probably about two weeks ago on our podcast, the Double Take Sports Talk, he sat down and got very personal during a platform talk of our podcast. He got very personal about his uh, mental health. And 
one of the things that he said was that looking at looking at himself in the morning or looking at himself in the mirror rather to say and he gets disgusted for any person that weighs over 300 pounds there's a reason for somebody to be very disgusted trust me I get that way and it has taken a lot of things away from him so after I consulted with him while we was talking on this platform talk I you know had to reassure him that there are just a lot of things that you need to just fix up with what you're doing right now you're doing a lot and you really need to put yourself first that's basically what I said so he actually decided now that he's going to start having early mornings exercising and stuff like that so this is how his routine goes at 4 o'clock in the morning Monday to Friday he gets up he drinks a gallon of water he just he don't necessarily downs it but he gives himself time in between to actually drink a gallon of water by 5 o'clock in the morning he's on his way to the gym he's working out and then by 6 6 15 ish maybe sometimes 6 30 just depending on what's going on he's back home and then he actually takes the liberty to either one take a nap which is also essential or two he stays up and actually get things done with his stuff rather if he's working on his book or rather if he's working on uh, his blogs his daily blogs that he do or rather if he's actually getting scripts and notes prepared for his own podcast that he do the afternoon uh, coffee break with Derek and that's his day that's his whole entire day and that is a prime example of getting ahead of your competitors that's the way of actually saying early bird gets the worm and there's a lot of other entrepreneurs that actually do get up early to get their day started and it always starts with that rather if it's eating rather if it's exercising rather if it's uh, going for a walk or rather if it's just reading you always get that day and start it early that's what you do and Darren happened to do that and now he feels more confident in himself he's not 100% confident but he's confident to getting these things done he's confident so how can you become a morning person so studies reveals that genetics play a role in your tendencies of being a morning person However, whether you need to become a morning person to keep you or keep up with your daily schedule or you're interested in experiencing something of the benefits of being an early riser, Dr. Perlis says that it's possible to switch up your routine. The key to becoming a morning person is to start in the evenings. Start with the evenings, put yourself to bed at at a time that allows you to get the recommended seven to nine hours of sleep. When you get sufficient sleep, you have a much better chance of, you know, like in the mornings. So, what does she mean when you say, start in the evenings? With me, I like to, in the evenings, 
try to get a lot of stuff prepared for the morning. Rather, that means setting out your desk to the proper stuff that you need to actually get started with your day. Or rather, if you're prepping a meal, rather that means getting laundry done the night before, you ain't got to worry about it. Lay your clothes out and boom, that's that. That's what that means when your evening routine becomes that early morning start. That's what that is. So that's when they say you create that bedroom routine. Rather, if you did what I just mentioned, well, you just create a whole nother one. Rather, that means you meditate, take a shower or bath, or you actually um, sit down, take a moment and read. Sometimes I do that too. You know, you turn those activities into something that, you know, that will help you benefit from getting up in the morning. So, how would you actually go from creating your morning routine? Dr. Perlis says, make your mornings more enjoyable. What is it that you like to do that you've noticed you do in the morning? Do it. For me, I just like to sit there. It's not enjoyable, but for me, it's enjoyable. Just to sit there and just look around and get myself up and started. That's what I like to do. I get on my phone, look at emails or go on Twitter, see what's going on um, with my stuff or whatever. I just like to sit. That's what I do. And evidently, sleeping has a lot to do with that ordeal. It has a lot to do with it. And I think that's important. Also, you make a list of things that you want to accomplish. Just get a notepad and pen or a notepad and paper. Write down everything that you need to do during your day. Now, I know 90% of us, well, now probably dropped down to probably like 80 to 85% of us now, maybe a little less. I actually work at Americans. Eight hours, eight to 12 hours of our day is working. Rather, if you're working from home, rather, if you're actually traveling to work. That's, that's part right there of the things that you have to accomplish. But you know that's already done because it's an everyday thing. Go to work. Check. If you got to come home, work on your projects, break them down. Just break them down. If you're a uh, author and you still work during the day, you go to work and you start prepping your notes. If you're an author, check. You know, give it a time. 330 to you know 530. Get notes prepared. Check. Work on new book project. 530 to 830. Check. You know, these are just examples. That doesn't mean you actually follow them, but these are just an actual breakdown of what you can do. 
and you start to feel more accomplished. Your mind will be more at ease. You're not anxious. You're not hitting the anxiety mode to where you're thinking, oh, how am I going to get this done? How am I going to be able to get this done? What am I going to do? And then you're freaking out. You're freaking out and you don't know what to do. So that is important. Break down your list. You break down your list. And if you do, you break them down into detail. Now, they say go outside. I think it's good too, especially on a nice warm morning, rather than spring or summer. It's a good idea to actually go and do that. It's good. And just being able to look at the sunrise or look at the cloudiness and just enjoying it. It's good. And then it says, declare your purpose for the day. So, what's your sense of need? What is your sense of need of actually declaring your purpose for the day? Hey, if that means that, for instance, if you have a vacation planned, you're going to want to get up in the morning and plan your vacation, right? That's what you're going to do. A sense of need that has to get done. Your purpose is to plan your vacation. That's your purpose. And it's important. It's important for you because that makes you happy. That makes you happy. (laughs) You know, I know I would be happy if that was me on the outside looking in. If I wanted to actually go and find something purposeful or meaningful in my life to actually keep myself happy, going on a vacation would be one of them. Or just being able to be that entrepreneur to not work for anyone anymore. That would keep me happy. Yes, I would still probably be stressed or feeling some kind of way, but that keeps me happy. Listening to music keeps me happy. You know, all these things do keep me happy, but you have to find what's happy for yourself. You have to find that. You have to find that. But other than that, welcome to another edition of Breaking Mental Health with Daryl. I am your host, Daryl Watts. And today, we're going to discuss part two of financial pressure and mental health. Statistical breakdown, pretty much. So when I come back, we're going to discuss that. Financial pressure equals mental health. Be right back. What's happening, everybody? What's happening? Yeah. Another week for me in the books. Because my week starts on a Wednesday, ends on a Sunday. 
Man, I know mostly that do Monday the Friday. That the work week is getting ready to begin. But before I actually start uh, the financial pressure and mental health in the second part of this podcast, I just got to say that there's a lot going on in this world right now with the case of, you know, Haiti being, you know, destroyed through earthquakes and um, these wildfires or destroying homes and stuff like that. And that can affect a lot of people mentally. Not even in the physical aspect, it's more in the mental aspect. And I'm praying for those people. I'm praying for them because it's tough. And you have nothing to fall back on because of the destruction that's going on. I'm with y'all and I'm praying for y'all. And because it's tough. It's tough. All right. So let's go ahead and do this last part of financial pressure equals mental health. So last week I talked about how money and mental health can seriously affect you mentally. And I also gave, you know, my three ideas of how you could train your brain in a positive way to help your financial pressure. Mainly saying, train your brain to be positive. So today, we're gonna look at the money cycle and mental health problems. So people who experience depression and anxiety when it comes to money, I recommend listening to this furthermore. If you listened to last week's part one, then you can relate to this issue. So let's go ahead and look at this cycle. Mental health problems. So mental health problems make it harder to earn and manage money and spending and ask for help. The financial difficulty that causes stress and anxiety made worse by collections activities or going without essentials that's very important you look at that cycle this is just an oval and that's what it draws back on so however you look at your mental health problems you make it hard if mental health problems make it hard to earn manage money and spending and ask and to ask for help so however you look at that aspect positive or negative that's how things can make hard or it can be easy but in this aspect it's harder so rather if you have an easy turn to this it's still hard so let's say for instance if you're having a lot of financial issues and you ask for help to get more money odds are people are going to be like no i cannot help you i just can't however you look at other people when you need the help 
It only have to be in the financial aspect. You could just go up to people and be like, you know what, hey, I need your help with something. I need your help to be able to, you know, get my book or get my podcast show on social media and help bring the proper exposure that I need to get this bad boy, you know, out there so I can earn some money at some point. Odds are people are going to be like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. No problem. Asking people for help with money versus asking people to help you with exposure, good exposure, are two different things. Because when you're asking people for help financially, odds are they're going to say no. But when you're asking somebody to help you help bring money to you by posting your shows or whatever and putting it on social media or putting it wherever by a person that'll help you expose it, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. So why is it so hard to ask people for help? Because they're afraid that you're going to get judged by them. That's what they're afraid of. And I know that when I have asked people for money, I got judged. Family and all. The only person that has never really put judgment on my side when it came down to money and I needed help was my mom. She was the only one. But everybody else is... Everybody else in my family would be like, oh, well, you're spending your money on drugs. You're spending your money inappropriately. You're doing this and you're doing that. Oh, I'll be glad to help. But you're still doing this and this and this. And you need to actually look at your money issues. No. That shit has absolutely nothing to do with how I'm spending my money. Nothing. Okay. If I have a job change and I'm making less than what I made before my old job or whatever, when I was making more, yes, I have to make that proper adjustment. But everybody at some point is going to struggle. If you have not sat down and struggled in your life, but then you want to pass the judgment on how people should spend their money and you ain't struggled before, you got a problem. Let's be real. You got a problem. I've had people in my life, including family, that has struggled and has sat up here, struggled, continued to struggle, and then when they start making all this good money, they want to sit around and talk about that you're not spending your money wisely. Weren't you the one that was just up here fucking struggling? Really? You have had asked your parents to help you and then you rob us of our savings. Are you flipping kidding me? Because you were struggling. People, people don't think me and Darren don't know this, but we do. 
people think that me and Dirt are stupid, but we're not stupid. We're not stupid. We knew what was far more going on. You know why we really didn't try to make a scene of it? Because to us at that time, it was not even the big of a deal. Wasn't even the big of a deal. But now, on the outside looking in, yes. Yes. It is. Because now you're sitting up here judging the possibility of us in the way that we spend money versus y'all and the way y'all spend money and the way that y'all stole and y'all had help stealing from us. Yeah. To me, that's a problem. That's a problem. Sorry I went on that rant, but I had to let that out because there's a lot of things that really affect you when it comes to your mental health and when you're trying to still make ends meet and you're still actually doing the best you can, but you got people that really think that you're not. It causes a lot of checking yourself for the good and the bad. Start checking yourself. What am I doing actually that is wrong? Or what am I doing that's actually something right? See, the government, when you apply for benefits for the government, they are going to tell you how you will need to spend your money. They will limit you a lot of things. They will. And that's what they do. But it's up to you on how you control your aspects in your life. It's up to you. A lot of people like to actually live off of the government. A lot of people do. I don't. I hate living off the government. Government. They're jerks. They're ignorant. And it takes you months, maybe sometimes years before you even see some kind of benefit. When you got financial needs that you need to take care of, it's a problem. Big time problem. I hate the government. The government can be on your side in some situations, but they're not always on your side. Because they have to control every aspect of your life. You don't get to control every aspect of your life when it comes down to the government. Not one. When you're financially free, you got all the control in your world. When you're not living off the government, you got all the control that you can get. Just think about that. You know, it, it just it just makes a lot of sense that if you're going to if you're going to actually have control of your life have control of your life but there are a lot of consequences we can take control of your life that's a lot of consequences but it's also up to you if you decide you want to beat that 
it's up to you. So anyway, how is this even possible? How can this affect my mental health? Financial difficulties are a common cause of stress. A stigma around debt can mean that people struggle to ask for help and become isolated. I think a lot of people start to notice that. People will notice and they become guilty of it. Because when you start asking people for help in that financial situation, they, they get used to it. Because you could ask so many times, for so many years, so many months, so many days, so many weeks. They get dependent on that. But then when you stop and you get, I mean, you become isolated, then they know something is wrong. But for your aspect, you becoming isolated could mean one of two things. Either one, you isolated because you're doing good for yourself and you don't need the help. Or two, you are really struggling that bad that it is really affecting you mentally. It could be affecting you. How many times has people actually sat down and thought about eliminating judgment from other people that are actually struggling, you don't know what the hell they've been through, and just actually trying to see what you can do to be a help. Now, it don't have to be in a financial way. It don't have to be where you give them money every freaking week. But if you're going to help somebody, let's help them. Hear out their problems. Let's find out the root cause of your problem. Let's find it. Are you working more and your bills are stacked up higher? So what's the root cause? Your job is not giving you enough. And if your job is not giving you enough, you still have two options. It's either one, you cut down your lifestyle and the way that you're living, or two, you go out, you either get yourself a second job, or you stay where you are and you put yourself on a budget, a tight one. That's how most people would look at that situation, right? That's how most people would look at that situation. For me, if I knew that I was putting myself in a position that I was financially struggling, I know the first thing I probably would have done was ask for help. That probably would have been the first thing I've done. Because it's hard enough to find jobs, especially if you're not a college graduate. It's hard enough when you don't have the self-education to get to where you need. It's hard. Now, most people would tell you, most people would tell you in some aspects that getting yourself an education and getting yourself to college and graduating 
with a BA, bachelor's, or whatever will help you find better jobs. Do I believe that's true? Yeah. Would I apply that? No. Absolutely not. I wouldn't. And right now, I'm not even a college graduate. If I decided to become a college graduate, it's because it's something I wanted to accomplish, not something that I needed to achieve. It's not that important. Because there's still people out here with bachelors and still are idiots. I'm just saying. So the anxiety of this issue is becoming isolated. Being stressed and financial difficulty is you hold back on your problems. You keep it bottled up inside because you feel like you fail when you have responsibilities to care for. Even with those who work still experience with stress and anxiety. I experience it all the time. It's not so much that you will struggle financially. It's more how you look into the future and you start to ask those questions. What happens if I suddenly get laid off? What will happen a week from now? Will I still be able to pay my bills? Will I be able to still pay my rent? So now your essentials come into question because you are trying You're trying to hold on to your money. Last week, I shared my ways of helping myself when it comes to mental health and financial pressure. One of those things I said was to earn another source of income. Now, would that relieve your stress and anxiety? No. No, it wouldn't. However, earning another source of income and telling your brain that I could do this rather if then put negative thoughts inside or not can actually heal your brain. That's the stigma of financial difficulties. Financial difficulty drastically reduces recovery rates for common mental health conditions. The deeper problem of financial difficulty that most people suffer, suffer from is financial debt, which is why people work more hours or find a second or third job Temporary to, temporary to help relieve the debt they have and become financially free. Self-healing of your brain can relieve the stress of debt, especially if you understand how serious it is. Now, we come across those that are single mothers and or single fathers that are struggling in debt. The fact is that people will still suffer from depression, stress, and anxiety when it comes to financial difficulties. I had read uh, something in the uh, internet a few weeks back where a dad in, I think it was uh, in England, I think it was, I think it was in England, a single dad of three had committed suicide due to financial stress. He killed himself because he felt like he failed his children. And that is very common when it comes to single people trying to care for kids. He wanted, he quit his job so he could actually take care of his three children. But he had ended up signing up for government assistance and the government 
actually took freaking forever to get, you know, to approve his um, his uh, application to actually get the benefits. And that's when debt started adding up. He started getting more payday loans. He started getting more loans and that started adding up. But he didn't talk to anybody about it. He didn't talk to anybody about it. And when his mom came across a lot of things when he had committed suicide, she had came across a lot of things that she didn't know. And she felt that she could have been a help if he had mentioned it. And he never did. And that's the sad part. A lot of people would be willing to listen to your problems, rather if it's financially, rather if it's something else. Rather if you have anxiety, rather if you're stressing or whatever. A lot of people's willing to listen. You just have to put in the work to actually talk about it. And it's hard. It's hard because you get judged by it. I mentioned that earlier. You just get judged. And that's how they get isolated. That's how the problems build. This is how suicide happens because nobody is listening. Really, no surprise, really. Sad, but it's no surprise. And this is what we're dealing with. People are like, oh, I don't want to hear this all the time. I don't want to hear it. If you want to come up with a solution, you have to find a way to come up with a solution. What do you think I always say then in my podcast? Every time at the end of the podcast, and I'm going to say it again at the end of this podcast, I always say, always remember. Well, firstly, I say, until then, stay true to yourself. Always remember. I don't forgot it. <laughs> I don't forgot it. When it comes to listening, you are one step closer to raising awareness. Let's go. Listening. It's a big tool. It's a big tool. When it comes down to the people with these issues, it's just listening. People in problem debt are three times as likely to have thought about suicide in the past year. Depp is the more difficult to control because it's bigger numbers. It could be a problem when one person does not have a job and adds up. We have all seen suicide and how it affects the people that witnesses that witness it. With the thought of suicide actually at times coming to fruition. Now, just a second ago, I just mentioned about the father of three. A little bit more about that. He was a 34-year-old single father in the UK. It was actually United Kingdom. You could say that in England. His name was Philip Herod. He took his own life as he was, you know, drowning in debt. He had quit his job so he could take care of his kids. He had struggled to repay the debts and they was totaling up to $25,000 and faced eviction due to non-payment of rent. After quitting, he had applied for payday loans, which were most of his debt came from. Interest was charging up to 1,000% interest. He had a negative $5.76 left in his bank account when he took his life. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's why I say that listening is could be become a big tool. It can actually avoid suicide. It can be very avoidable. It's hard. Nothing ain't easy, but it can be avoidable if you just listen. Listen, listen, listen. Pour your guts out. So apparently, he did apply for help from the government, but drowned further into debt as he had to wait a month for universal credit. Watch 18. He shared a picture of himself online crying in the car. After a few minutes of sharing the photo, he killed himself. He left a suicide note saying his family, quote, his family would be better off if he wasn't there anymore, end quote. And that was according to his mother, Sheena Derbyshire. This is just a small piece of that story. So, you know, I was just breaking down little things just to make a point. It just explains what he went through relating to mental health and money. So let me ask this question to our parents with grown adult children. Who would let the child struggle when they need you? If you had, if you had what your child needed, would you give it to them? I've seen a lot of parents just kick their child out. But when they turn 18 and they are forced to survive, everybody has their way of dealing with their child when they turn 18. But one of the things that needs to happen more is showing support. Support. You hear me? Support for their children. Some send their uh, child off to college and pay for it. And that's awesome. It's freaking awesome. But mentally, where are they? What's the problem? A lot are going through their minds. So hearing problems from people is a sure way for more people to open up. Is it really that hard? Are we really entering the stage to that somebody is actually going through something, but nobody is not actually interested in listening to what one has to say? It's always been like that. Now, do I believe that with the suicide rates go down? If people actually sat down and listened? No, I don't. But I do believe that if people actually sat down and listened to other people's problems, I do believe that they will survive another day. That could happen. That could actually happen. Because there's a lot of other things that people could still commit suicide for other than just financial problems. That's the actual ordeal. People could still be depressed about anything else other than financial money and still commit a suicide. They could do that. But financial, but financial issues has really started to become a major problem. Now we're entering in a system to where people are actually hitting themselves into self-education, which is I'm doing. I'm hitting myself into more of self-education instead of going to college. What sense do it make to go to college to earn a degree 
and then get yourself into debt. You're paying for college. You're paying for it. How much is self-education? How much would you willing to spend as a one-time payment of self-education? It's free. It's all over the internet. Now, I will admit, back in the day, you don't have a lot of that. We didn't have the internet to where we can actually look up resources. We didn't have that. The only thing that really was there was encyclopedias and libraries. That one was there. Now, today, there's enough information on the internet to where the people are actually learning from self-education. There are books out there that you can actually sit down and read and educate yourself. That's where the direction is going. They're saying, no, screw college. Let me tell you why, screw college, because you're paying for it and you're stressing yourself out because you can't even focus on your classwork, your homework assignments, because this death is crawling up your ass. That's what it's doing. You're not getting anywhere when you're in college and you have to pay for it. When I went to college, that's all the hell I worried about. I wasn't worried about trying to pass this class because if I failed this class, guess what? I would have to take that class again and I still gotta pay for it. What the hell is that? Man, let me just get a book and I can start reading and teaching myself. what you can do that's what I started doing take a moment and think about that just take a moment and actually sit down and think about the direction that you need to go because a lot of people is not going to be able to afford college classes now if you're wealthy and if you're making NFL money or if you're making money to where that you can actually do that, do it. To where that money will not be a beneficial issue in your life. If you're going to be wealthy and live a life that will actually keep you contained, contain it, then you ain't got to worry about nothing else. You will not have to worry about nothing else. And I think that's very important for when you're graduating high school. When you graduate high school, a lot of people will tell you, hey, I think it's a good idea to go to college. No, no. You don't have to say that college is a good thing to go because it's a good way to go because you can learn a lot more. No, you can still graduate high school and still learn a lot more. Cause that's what I'm doing with my daughter. I'm not forcing my daughter to go to college. If my daughter wanna go to college, she can go to college. I'm not gonna stop her from doing that. But if my daughter chooses not to go to college, she will have the tools to educate herself to learn to where she needs to go. Now, a lot of things are official when it comes down to having a bachelor's degree or having a degree in something. That's what makes it official. And that's always been the way to go. But a lot of people are, are really trying not to depend on that.
self-learning is self-growth. That's where that's where it all falls down to. If they believe in you, they could trust you without that degree, then that's the best way to go. That's always been the case. Today, in today's world, that's always been the case. That's important. I just want you to sit down and think about that. Just think about that. But that's all I have today on this episode. I'm your host, Daryl Watts. So catch me next week. I'm going to talk about marriage, divorce, and mental health and how it affects the mind mentally. Now, if you are someone you know are having suicidal thoughts or wanting to commit suicide, help is here. Please dial 1-800-273-8255. Or they say dial 800-273-TALK. But until then, stay true to yourself. Support my podcast. I'm trying to build an empire with mental health. That's what I'm trying to do. Help me support my podcast. This is important. Always remember, when it comes to listening, you are one step closer to raising awareness. Let's go.